Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Here we go. Another Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski. Mike Kapler is with me. Thank you for tuning in last week uh, to our 10th anniversary podcast. Man, what a thrill it is to celebrate 10 years and uh, to start officially our 11th year of Growing in Grace right here today. Uh, Joel Brzezinski with Mike Kapler. A new decade of Growing in Grace podcast. I wonder how much different they will be than the first decade. Uh, As we continue to grow in our own understanding of the gospel, I'm sure there will be a consistency to it, but we've talked about this before, Joel. I, I suspect going back five or ten years, there's some things we probably see a little bit differently than we did back then. Yeah. One of the comments on uh, last week's program was uh, from Leonard, and, and he talked about how the th- you know what he liked about it is that we've been consistent. And I, th- and I think that's true. And when things are consistent, it's less confusing. <laughs> and at the same time, over the years, I had somebody ask me on YouTube, have things changed over the years? Have you, has you, have you guys changed your opinions on things and, and the way you see things? And I said, yeah, for the most part, the core of what we do has stayed the same. But definitely, we've gotten different insights on things and, and a better grip on some things, a different understanding on some things. And so I'm sure that uh, over the however long this podcast go, that will keep on. There, there will be a consistency to it, like you're saying, and there will also be some, some subtle changes along the way as we uh, grow in our understanding of God and his, and his love and His grace. And I think that's all good. Yeah, because uh, the day that we stop being consistent, that means we won't be consistent anymore. <laughs> That's like the only the only thing I'm that changed. I'm just saying. I mean, I I know there's an elephant in the room here, and I just pointed it out. But <laughs> the only thing that stays the same is that things change. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, and something that we're going to be talking about today is something that we've talked a lot about in the past. And I don't know if there will be anything different about what we're going to say today or if we will share some new things. I don't know. But uh, Covenant Talk, uh, a while back, a few years ago, we did a a series called, what was that, Covenant Confusion. We did several podcasts about the covenants. And of course, um, the week before, two weeks ago, uh, the week before our 10th anniversary podcast, we did some talk about the difference between the two covenants and why we don't want to mix them I guess uh, some more things to add on to that is is probably what we're doing here, where we're going today. One thing, the one one word that sticks out to me regarding the difference between the two covenants, Colossians 2 talks about this, and Hebrews 8 as well. Colossians 2 talks about things that were in the law, let no one judge you in food or drink, uh, or re- regarding a festival or new moons or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. Those things were a shadow, but the substance is of Christ. If there's a shadow, that means that there's the substance that the shadow is the shadow of. The shadow is not the substance. That's not what we're to look at. If we want to look at the real thing, we don't look at the shadow, we look at the substance, and the substance is Christ. And Hebrews 8 says the same thing, basically, just in a different way, talking about those things that serve the copy and the shadow of the heavenly things. And so the law 
The old covenant, everything that was contained in it, was a shadow of the reality, but Jesus Christ himself, he is the substance. We're not trying to find old covenant things that we're supposed to now find out how to do those old covenant things in new covenant ways. <laughs> a lot of times people will try to do that. Well, things were done this way in the old covenant, so now how do we apply that to the church? No, those were the shadow. Instead, we look to the person, Jesus Christ, not to a new list of things to do. I agree with you. I mean, um, let's look at this, because the copies and the shadows versus the substance. I mean, Jesus Christ became the substance. He became literally the new covenant. I know sometimes when we, we say things like the word, the new covenant, even grace, these things are all Jesus Christ personified. I mean, the, we can go through the scriptures on it, which we've done in the past, but Jesus is grace. Jesus is the new covenant. God prophesied this back in Isaiah that I, I will give you as a covenant to the people. And remember mm. what we've talked about, I think, even recently, where, where God said, I'm going to make a new covenant, and it's not going to be like the one I previously made with your fathers when he was speaking to Israel here. He said, this is going to be a different covenant. It will not be like the previous covenant. And so that relates to what you were talking about. Why would we want to take the old stuff and try to figure out how to apply at least portions of it to the new covenant? It wouldn't make any sense. But here's the beauty of the new covenant. In fact, I just had the opportunity to uh, to get together with an old friend of mine, and I got to share a little bit about the journey of grace that I've been on as as we talked about the scriptures and the gospel. And, and it was fun being able to share some things where you could see the expression on his face. We were actually getting close to getting ready to leave, but after talking for over an hour, and you, it's fun watching somebody's expression where just the, even sometimes just the dimmest light bulb comes on above their head. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, can, you can see it in their eyes. Right. But with this covenant, you see, you, you and I can't mess it up. And I went through much of my Christian life, many years, worried about messing up this covenant that I had between me and God. Mm -hmm. And it was really a burden because sometimes I felt like I was living up to what I thought the agreement was. At other times, I wasn't. And that was a bummer place to be. So why can't we mess up this covenant? Why are we not going to goof it up? Because the covenant occurred between the Father and the Son. Uh, the reason we're in the new covenant is because we're in Christ, who is the new covenant. But the agreement, so to speak, the covenant itself was something between the, the Father and the Son and the, the, the shed blood of, of Jesus Christ. And he is the substance. And there's plenty of copies and shadows. And much of that Old Testament stuff, Joel, it is great, even for us Gentiles who were never under that covenant. It is still great to be able to go back and learn about it to realize what it was that brought us to where we are now. But we don't apply the old to the new. We don't mix them together. That's right. You know, they can't be mixed together. And like you said, the wonderful thing about this is that we can't mess it up. Hebrews 6 talks about this, these two unchangeable things. In order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. What are those two unchangeable things? It's God and God. Like you were saying, if this covenant were up to me, I'd be living every single day of my life going, I, I don't know if I've kept my part of this covenant. I know that I haven't kept my part of this covenant, and I would be doomed. I would feel like a huge failure every single day, because I, I know that I can't do that. 
Hebrews goes on to talk about how the thing about the Old Covenant was that God found fault with the people. That's the problem with the Old. (laughs) That's why we can't bring the Old into the New and try to mix them together. But by two unchangeable things, God making a promise to himself, how can we mess that up? (laughs) You know, we're the beneficiaries of the promise that God made. All that we do is believe it, we receive it, and we walk in it. We rest in it, really. We rest in what God has done, and that is something that we can have hope in forever, as opposed to trying to find some resemblance of hope in uh, our trying to keep a covenant with God. The the law was, we've said this a hundred thousand times, but the, the law was not such a bad thing. It just, it could not provide us with life. And it was a reflection of, of the perfection of God. So we know that the law was, was good. It demanded the same from us. It demanded that we fulfill that law, that it demanded that same virtue from us that it had, but it could not provide it for us. Uh, it could not give us the perfection that was needed. And I even think back to, you know, talking about copies and shadows, Joel, I, I think back in, in Hebrews, it even talks about washings, which is where we get our word baptism. They would do these washings, these ceremonial things inside the temple and sometimes outside. They would wash things, they would baptize them, they would cleanse them. And, and all of these things were to point us to the real thing, Jesus Christ, and, and the finished work that took place at the cross. Yep, it's all about that finished work. And, and Jesus Christ, he finished that work. It was his blood that was shed. That's another thing that makes this something that we can't mess up, because it wasn't our blood. <laughs> it wasn't our sacrifice. It was the sacrifice of Christ. And uh, you, you said something just a little bit ago about how you know we were Gentiles, as Gentiles, we weren't part of that old covenant, and some people have th- th- this question. And they question, uh, they you know, because Hebrews talks about how Jesus says, "I will make a covenant with Israel and the house of Judah, the house of Israel and Judah." But Jesus said he talked about how uh, when he was eating supper, the last supper with his disciples, he talked about this cup being the new covenant in his blood. Well, Paul brings that up in First Corinthians eleven twenty five. Talking about the Lord's Supper, he brings up how Jesus said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, Paul wrote that to Gentiles. He reminded them about what Jesus had said about the new covenant, so we can be assured that this is for us, as Gentiles, is just as much as it is for the Jews. We've been brought into uh, what Jesus has done. Well, and that's a good point, Joel, because, yeah, the, the, the covenant, as we read in Hebrews 8, I will make a covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah. We talked about that Judah thing, because that's where the, the tribe that Jesus came from, where previously, before Christ, the, the priests did not come from the tribe of Judah. They came from the tribe of Levi. So Jesus, there, there was going to be this change of law, this change of priesthood, and, but as far as the Gentiles being in, uh, included in it, of course, uh, throughout New Testament writings, it's embedded in New Testament writings where, where Paul was pointing out. And, and even Jesus, when he commissioned the disciples, was pointing out that all nations would be involved here. This wasn't just going to be exclusive to Israel as it previously had been. Go and, and, and share the good news with all nations. That would be a, a message to the Israelites that this was going to go beyond the borders. And we've been brought into the house, and now there's no longer Jew or Gentile, but we've been brought into the house, uh, made to be one new man as Jew and Gentile. And that's what's so exciting about this, is that God did it all. 
I mean, he laid it out there. All we have to do is, is receive it because it's, it's by inheritance here. It's not by how hard we work to receive. That's right, man. If it's up to me, <laughs> you know, just give it up right from the start. You know, somebody asked me one time in a Christian chat room, well, have you ever tried to keep the law? Uh, well, <laughs> there's 613 of them. And I've I've honestly not tried all 613, but I know I know that if you fail at even one, you failed at them all. And so it's good news that Christ has fulfilled it all, and we can rest in that finished work. It's not up to us at all. Well, uh, next week we'll continue on with some of the things we've been talking about this week. You know, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, he spent the entire chapter writing about what we call today the Hall of Faith, you know, these well-known people from the Old Testament talking about their faith. But what he says, he says that these people, even though they had gained approval and saw tremendous acts occur from God through faith, they did not receive what was promised. Reason for that? Well, Christ is that promise. And we've obtained that in the New Covenant. We'll talk about that next week on Growing in Grace. And just uh, to let you know, give you a heads up, in a week or two, we'll also have an interview with the author of The Naked Gospel, Andrew Farley himself. He's going to be on the Growing in Grace podcast as a special guest. So all of that coming up on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.